What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of From A to B, where Tracy and I have no bullshit conversations about topics and experimentation in digital marketing. In today's episode, we'll discuss if maps will ultimately kill CRO and how to differentiate when to use one versus the other. I get pretty heated in this one, y'all, not gonna lie. So enjoy kind of what happens in this one. Tracy and I are seasoned digital marketing experts having done experimentation for a combined 16 years worth of experience. If you did like the episode, please drop a like, subscribe, follow, do all the social things. And as always, sit back, tune in and enjoy the conversation. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of From A to B. We have Shiva here and I'm joined by my lovely co-host Tracy. Tracy, say hello. Oh, hello, hello. What's on your mind today? A lot is on my mind as it always is. It is my very first wedding anniversary with my spouse. We keep joking it's our first anniversary of our first spouse. So hopefully uh, we are each other's final spouses (laughs) if all goes well. Very nice. Yeah, I am. I see you had a bit of a win this weekend. I did have a Spartan race, which is 6.2 miles. I don't know the kilometers because I'm in USA. I don't know what the translation is. It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. It's nuts. So it's that. It's basically a trail run plus 25 obstacles, like like a 10-foot wall jump and like monkey bars and stuff. There's no way. No way I could do that. I, I did a 5K the same day that you did your Spartan. And I had to get motivated by free breakfast to hit under a certain time. So I don't know how you did it. And most of the time, those like 5Ks have like beer at the end of it, which I never understand. When I'm done with the race, the last thing I want is beer. And the first thing I want is water. I know. (laughs) Okay, that's a bit of a weird motivator. But okay, it was like uh, on my 5K, they were throwing chocolates at us. I was like, "Um, I'm sorry. What? What? I can't stomach this right now. So one of the things that works really well when you're racing like that is mustard. It's not a motivator, but if you're cramping, like that's why so many people bring mustard packets with them on the race. It works. 100% guaranteed it works. Oh. I I didn't do it. I didn't use it for this race and I'm kind of annoyed that I didn't. But you'll see it like professional hockey players will be on a bench, like they'll break open a mustard pack and just squirt it into their mouth. It works. Oh. Yeah, 100% works. I don't get it, but it does. Maybe I'll try that. Maybe I won't because that sounds nasty, but... um, It's for cramps, like muscle okay. cramps, not to motivate. If you're using that to motivate, I, you're, you're fun. I don't, I, I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> Maybe mustard's just delicious. To some people it is. <laughs> uh, all right, um, well, let's jump into the topic for the day. This yeah. is something that I've been seeing a lot of on LinkedIn... The general theme is so many people want to kill CRO and so many people, right? I'm not wrong. And like at first it was like Google optimized being sunset, a free testing tool going away means no one will test ever again, which is a, in my opinion, dumb take. Uh But the next competitor stumping up on the stage to try and kill experimentation is multi-armed bandits. Yes. I'm seeing the same thing. Yeah. I don't get it. Well, let's go into this first. Like, what is a multi-armed bandit? Let's quickly define that. Uh-huh. So it's effectively using machine learning to auto-allocate traffic based on whatever variation you have that's winning the most. If it's 50-50, 
Like, I don't think I've ever actually seen a multi-arm bandit that runs at 50-50. It's, it's 50-50 for maybe like a couple hours, and then it'll say, all right, looks like Variation 2 is winning any pre-selected KPI, so it'll optimize for that one KPI. So it'll push more traffic into that variation, and then it'll continue to say, double-check, all right, it's still winning, push more traffic, and it'll do just auto machine learning auto-allocation to traffic based on whatever variation's winning. That's fair to say, right? Yes, absolutely. And that would probably sound very familiar to performance marketers or people who do paid media where, for example, the meta algorithm in the ads manager is directing more traffic to one particular creative than another and you optimize using that. Great call out. I wonder, do we consider it a test? Because I think that's an interesting topic too. I don't consider it a test, but I definitely consider it an optimization, or at least within the optimization sphere. It To me, a test is has to have a control and a test rel- like evenly split because you're looking at lifts. I don't think a multi-armed bandit fits under a technical definition of a test for those reasons, but I could be convinced on the other side. I was kind of asking myself the exact same question too. How do you even define a test? To me, in my mind, it does not necessarily have to be a 50-50 split because you can run experiments. You can run tests in which there is no control. It's still a test. And to me, in my mind, a test is you're trying something out on kind of a soft trial basis before deciding that this is what you want to put into action 100% across the board. I think my definition of a test is a bit looser than yours, maybe. I still consider a multi-arm bandit a test, not necessarily saying it is the best approach for every situation. And I would actually caution against using a MAB in many situations, which I'm sure we'll get into. But I still consider it a test, just like you could consider a pre-post a test. That doesn't have a control. I guess it does. It does. It does. But it's not a true split. I guess the split piece I mean, maybe we should do, I don't want to go too deep into defining a test versus not because I think it's worth its own conversation. Regardless, I think it's part of the optimization sphere that people in their heads logically believe, why would I test and let it run for two, three, five, ten weeks when I can just optimize towards a KPI and win? Why would I learn when I could just win? And I think that's a a philosophy, a philosophy (laughs) that... Yeah, I don't generally disagree with because instead of fixating on winning, I fixating on the optimization or not the optimization, the learning ability to then ultimately win. And I think that's where probably the people that gravitate more towards doing multi-arm bandits versus optimis like experimentation A-B tests are the people that are more generally fixated on identifying wins as quickly as possible, perhaps without necessarily following that process of learning along the way. Yes. And I think that's exactly what is so sexy about MABs, like people who gravitate toward behaviors like not running a test for however long it takes to reach their required sample. Those people who are inclined to do those kinds of behaviors on proper A-B splits may be more enticed by a MAB because a MAB really promotes winning over learning. You're less interested in, okay, going into this experiment asking, what are we actually trying to find out and apply toward not just this channel, but many channels? And also just (laughs) in general, like the speed, it's so much faster. If you're not willing to wait and you're just kind of thinking, I want to make the most revenue at all costs, or I want to optimize for this one singular metric 
at all costs. I don't I don't want to fail. Then, you know, you're going to be more inclined to try a map. To be clear, the reason why it prioritizes winning over learning is because the traffic's not split 50-50. The traffic split entirely randomly, not randomly, but it's using a machine to determine traffic splits rather than a 50-50 split where you can extrapolate the results control versus variation. This is also, sorry, I'll just add, this is also so timely because I think the reason why we're hearing more and more about multi-armed bandits is because the conversation around artificial intelligence is- Oh, 100%. It's so up there right now. Like, I'm so tired of hearing about AI right now, but like, it is a real, it's a real hot topic right now. And anything that's machine learning related, people are just going to naturally want to talk about it. It is enticing that, you know, you don't have to put all this thought and strategic effort toward an initiative or an optimization. Which which is like, it's not like, that's not correct. And here's why. You still have to build the variations. Uh -huh. I think there's, and maybe this is a good segue into the use cases between them, but multi-arm bandits are fantastic for things like promos because you want to optimize in a, let's say a four day promotion you're looking for revenue, you won't be able to learn anything in one day to extrapolate for the next three days. You're just looking to win in a time period. So I think promos are a fantastic time. If you have a short term thing you're trying to optimize for like a week or so. Great. If you're testing out a bunch of variations with little, little tweaks here and there, like copy testing is a fantastic use case for multi-armed bandits. Mm -hmm. Great. Especially smaller changes. I think it might be better. Like maybe even a multi-armed bandit for button color testing. You could convince me of that. Versus content gating strategy, I think that's a tough sell for me to say why you would multi-arm bandit versus A-B test. Because you don't want it to just auto-allocate randomly. You want to run a controlled experiment for a period of time. I'm going to stop you right there. Why? Why can't you? Why can't you just run something for a limited period of time? Well, maybe if you didn't interrupt me, I could have finished it. <laughs> I have to, Shiva. I've been getting this my whole life. I got to throw it back at you. <laughs> I t so, so when I was going, I'm sorry, I was being rude. But <laughs> no, um, that's great. <laughs> so where I see content gating strategy being more experimentation versus MAB is you're trying to run a controlled experiment for two, three, four weeks, and then you're trying to identify the version that 100% of traffic sees. If you're multi-arm banditing that thing, that's going to be a weird experience. It's it might be an indefinite multi-arm bandit. Also, the other thing about multi-arm bandit is there's a lack of generalizability with those results because it auto-allocated based on a specific time frame. Uh. A-B tests are easier. I'm not saying they're foolproof, but A-B tests are generally easier to generalize for a time period versus a multi-arm bandit is very hyper-focused in on exactly those parameters and optimizing towards that one KPI. It's less learning, so... That's where I think it splits. I don't disagree with you on there. It sounds like you really shouldn't be running a MAB if the stakes are high for what you're testing. Would you agree with that? No, I think it depends. Mm. I think it depends because I, do, I guess it depends on stakes too. Stakes, I'm thinking like maybe visibility. High visibility could theoretically be high stakes right? Because a lot of people, a lot of eyes, you might run a brand campaign for two weeks. You might only want to map because you're not going to run a test. So I don't necessarily see it as a stakes related thing. So then how could you really decide other than, okay, so we kind of threw out there that 
A multi-year bandit is great for short-term test periods, such as a promotional campaign that's going to be running just for a few days. But it isn't really clear when should I avoid running a MAB and when am I better off running a proper AV split other than that one kind of parameter. It's an interesting thing because chat GPT won't be able to tell you when to multi-arm bandit versus experiment. No. A human, a good experimentation strategist, digital marketer should be able to help you understand because it'll take all the inputs. It'll understand the politics and help you figure that out. And, you know, perhaps then at some point, ChatGPT will be able to parse through your Slack messages and read tone and say, okay, well, because Becky from branding wants to do it this way and Tommy from engineering, well, I don't know. I was just giving out random examples. I don't think we're going to get to that point in the next 10 years. Perhaps we do. I know that in Terminator will happen in the next 15 years or so. I'm guaranteeing that. You can quote me. But I don't think uh, we're not there yet, right? Like yeah. a strategist has to be the person that dictates or reads the inputs of strategy, of business, tactics, data, and then say, I recommend this based on those inputs. And let maybe let's discuss those inputs here. So yeah. where I would think are good opportunities to map are shorter term things like campaigns that don't last two weeks, something that a test will not reach statistical significance on. Uh -huh. I think lower quality traffic sites might actually benefit from multi-arm bandits because at least there's something going into variation testing, even if you may not have enough power. But then how do you know that it's actually effective or not if it doesn't have enough power? Good point. To me, it's better than guessing. Yeah, I, I agree. And one thing that I've been kind of thinking about on the note of this topic is, is there a happy medium that you can put where, sure, you run your multi-arm bandit test for a particular short period of time, but you validate it afterwards with a proper A-B test? Is there use in doing that? Or does that kind of defeat the whole purpose of running a multi-arm bandit? No, I think that's a good idea. It's the same reason why like, you might run a test at 90-10 split where 90% is control and test is or 10% is a test version. You might do it that way, knowing it's not a definitive A-B test split, but you get a very quick feelers out to see what's happening. And if it's like minus 70%, you might be like, maybe we, maybe there's something we could quickly learn from here to try it again. Or if it's like plus 50%, then you're like, great, let's actually run the test. Or you could scale it down. It's, it's just, uh, what's the word? Is it sequential release? There's a word. It's it's true. Like it's I it, sometimes you want you want something that's going to tell you just do this and make it easy for you to make decisions. And it's not as black and white as that. But are there ways that you can double validate something is, is kind of what I've been thinking a lot about. And also to your point about inputs, a map is not an input. It's a way of testing your input it's a tactic. It's a tactic. It's a, it's a way to like, test your assumptions, too. It's like, it's not going to tell you what to test. You need someone who's going to do the work up front to tell you where the big opportunities are. If you don't have that, you're just throwing shit at the wall. <laughs> really? I mean, people might argue that a multi-arm bandit allows for you to literally throw shit at the wall and see what True. sticks. Because you could just have 50 variations, and that's what multi-arm bandit is better at doing the A-B testing. But like, I don't know, if you're mowing a multi-arm bandit with 50 variations and you don't have much traffic coming to your site, you're probably still going to have the same issues. Yes. But 
at least it's a better way to, if we want to call it test, it's a better way to test or at least optimize than I think it's it's incrementally better than doing than guessing or like following best practices or doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I still think to kind of summarize all of this, I think experimentation is still the gold standard because it allows for iterations, it allows for much higher confidence, it allows for higher generalizability from time frame perspective. The learnings are extremely valuable. Yes. There are opportunities to sequence multi-year bandit in, but experimentation to me is still the gold standard. Totally. Cool. All right. Well, let's jump into the LinkedIn post of the week. Yes. So what you just kind of said right there about experimentation specifically is very relevant to this post that I saw earlier in the week talking about really just what Ryan Lucht, the director of growth at CRO Metrics, has called the commoditization of CRO. And one thing I think is not clear to people who are maybe newer to this space or even people who've been in it for a while is that there really is a clear difference between CRO and experimentation. So his post really outlines why there is a big difference and kind of the direction that CRO is going, whereas experimentation uh, is going in a bit of a different direction. So to kind of paraphrase his whole post, he pretty much argued that the CRO market really focuses solely on winning, getting those winning tests and then optimizing specific uh, like rates, like conversion rate um, and all of those more kind of profit related metrics. Whereas experimentation values the outcomes of your test and what you really learned from it. And it helps you make decisions regardless of if it was a quote unquote losing test or if it was a flat test. There was a quote or like an analogy that he posted that really kind of summed this up for me. And I want to get your take on on just this whole sentiment. But first, he said, in CRO services, they buy on price and the perceived ability to pick winning test ideas. They need the superstar stock picker who can get us winning tests the soonest. The secret in our industry is that nobody beats the market for long. Win rate regresses to the mean, and over time, these winner-focused buyers will increasingly choose firms that are willing to offer crazy performance guarantees or match the lower end of industry pricing. I want I have so much to say about that just from like an investment analogy perspective, but first off, what's your take on this, Shiva? One of the dumbest fucking things I hear is winning test ideas. Yes. And I say it from the perspective of tests do win. I'm not disagreeing with that at all. But there's like a misnomer. Ah, That's not the right word. I think it's a misnomer of misnomer because I don't know. I try and sound smart and then I end up sounding really dumb (laughs) because I don't know what I don't know words. But dude, you don't know a test is going to win until you're on the fucking test. Uh I'm I'm being blunt, but like, dude, that pisses me off. I don't know how many people I've talked to who are junior, uh, junior experimentation people, but like people who don't understand experimentation, they confidently believe they do. And they're like, let's prioritize the winning test ideas. And I'm like, that literally makes no sense. That is the dumbest, like you are dumb. I say that in my head and to my therapist, because otherwise I would not have a job. But like Ryan, we will definitely have a link to his post. He fucking crushed it. Everything he said, I'm just sitting here like, Hands in the air, Jesus, like, preach. Uh-huh. This is, you nailed it. Damn. I, I don't, there's a, not a single thing I agreed with. Talking about the winning aspect, people being so hyper-focused in on win, win, win. It's the equivalent of the same, there is a market for people going into 7-Eleven that will buy diet pills 
along with their like huge bag of chips and a diet coke and they're like i'm doing it no 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 like there's a process there's hard work you shouldn't necessarily you should you should care about the results but at the end of the day if your goal is to lose weight don't just buy the diet pills and assume that that's just going to work for you because it's probably not yeah you have to put in some hard work there's a tried and true process of calories in calories out and balancing it yeah go to the gym helps you with the calories out burning yeah, yeah calories out and watching what you eat helps with the calories in. Yeah. But so many people, oh, oh I'm rambling because this, this triggers me so much. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> it's just, there's no silver bullet. Yeah. It's a sexy thing to sell CRO as a winning machine, as a money printer. And there is a market for people who want to do that. Yeah. I get it. But at the end of the day, it's a process that will ultimately drive you towards learning, which will ultimately drive you towards wins. And no one wants to talk about going to the gym. They just want to talk about their abs or they just want to talk about their bulging biceps. But you got to follow the process. This spoke to me so hard for those reasons that you just mentioned, but specifically on this analogy about people want to go to the, you know, the person who's going to pick their stocks and beat the market and pick the stocks that are going to be known to perform. I read this amazing book about passive investing, and that's just kind of how I approach investing as a whole that's so relevant to this. It's called Millionaire Teacher. I think it's a Canadian book, so for any Canadian listeners, go for it. But it really preaches the kind of the philosophy of you will never beat the market. No one knows how to beat the market. No one is a psychic. And a lot of people can disagree with me on this, but if you just trust the process, Keep investing during the low periods. Keep investing during the high periods. Diversify your funds and just focus on playing the long game. You will win in the long run. And that's what I preach to any of my clients who start a new CRO program with me. Even a CRO program that's so focused on winning, winning, winning. I say, trust the process. Make sure that you're really thinking about what it is that you're trying to learn from the end because this first try may not be the big win that you're looking for. But if you keep asking yourself, what did we get from this? What can we apply forward to our next test? You will get there eventually. So it's really also about trusting the process. There are layers to what you said. So the first layer is look at an individual test and look at it after one hour, right? Are you going to call it after one hour? No, you're going to let it run and yes. you have to trust the process. You need to let it run its durational time period mm -hmm. to be adequately powered and make a decision. So that's layer one. That's real in the weeds. Then layer two is more program metrics. So you run one test and it loses. Do you, do you just call it quits? No, it's a process. I When I was at one company, yeah, we ran tests for a year and we didn't hit a single win. And then we hit seven wins in a row that far and away outcompeted all of it. So that's layer two. And then layer three is like velocity. You need to keep on scaling it up. And like you're talking about stock market, I'm using my hands to show up and down, up and down. <laughs> if you look at one year's worth of growth, you'll be like plus 7% and you're like, that's great. But if you look at it after one month, you might see minus 13%. You don't call it. You don't just say, F it. I, I pull out my money, I do something else. No, no, no. Let it be. Let it bake. As as the millennials are saying, or the Gen Zers, I forget which one's the young one. Let them cook. I use that a lot. Let them cook. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Gen Z to adopt me. I want to be cool so bad, but I'm too old for that. So yeah, I guess just to kind of close that off, when you're trying to shift someone's mindset around 
seeing optimization or experimentation as less of a kind of a commodity or a silver bullet, a quick win, what is the one thing that you would kind of say to put it into perspective that this is more than just about winning every single test? So what I would say to that is trust the process. Don't look for shortcuts because oftentimes there are trade-offs with shortcuts, just like within experiments. If you reduce the power from 95% to 30%, you're running a high risk. So shortcuts, okay. most of the times, have inherent risk. Sometimes the risks are worth it, but I would say the hard work has a much greater payoff than looking for shortcuts. Totally. And that fits so well with the multi-arm bandit conversation. Totally. All right, everybody. Well, that wraps up another episode of From A to B. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll hear you. We'll hear you. We won't hear you. We'll <laughs> see you next time. <laughs> You'll hear us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Take care, everybody. <laughs>